Oh man. Okay. Um, you did wanna you did wanna go to bed soon because you got work tomorrow and we're this is like the this is like the most laid back one I've ever done. We're like sitting in comfy chairs, got like mood lighting. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm like starting to fall asleep almost, but it's fine. The, there there probably was one other thing I was gonna tell you about before that was an interesting fact for me okay that um i didn't like i said i I was very homesick i was ready to get out of the military Mm -hmm. but um in fact i was saving um okay in the military you get 30 days leave every year but when they say 30 days leave that that means weekends also that that Okay. That's not yeah. like you're off on the weekend. That yeah. counts as part. But you you get a full month off every year. But if you don't um, use that time, uh, there's a couple of things you can do. Uh, if you, any accumulated leave you've got at the end, they can either pay you for or um, they can do something called terminal leave. It sounds kind of funny. I'm going to die. (laughs) I'm leaving for good. That basically means that you you are still literally in the military, but you've processed completely out of your post and you go wherever you want to go. But your final date is whatever that day that your three years is up. Okay. Anyway, I saved 45 days of leave. So I had a lot of leave. So I did get out. Um, I cast in a couple weeks. I think I left around the first part of May. So I got I got out about a month early. Hmm. But sometime in April, or maybe it was even late late March, I came down what they call levy, and that meant that. I had these orders to go to a new post, but in order to go to the new post, I have to re-enlist for at least two years, right? Mm. And I got orders for a very prestigious duty assignment. Mm. It was, uh, I think the place was called AFSENT. It was Armed Forces Central Europe or something like that. And it was gonna. I was gonna get stationed in Holland. Wait. Yeah. That's not what it's called anymore. Holland. Where? Where is that? That's in. Oh no, Holland. Holland's a country. Uh, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a country. It's okay. right by Germany and Belgium and. I think I'm thinking of. Uh, You're thinking of something different. The Netherlands. Okay. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, it was the Netherlands. Yeah. It's not called Holland anymore? Uh, it's it's in that, it's like the oh, region. I thought it was Holland. Yeah. It, okay, yeah. But you're right, it's the Netherlands. I was confused for a second. Right. Like, wait. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> yeah. I was going to get stationed at this, this NATO base where it was like, so there would have been all these multinational people. Mm-hmm serving there and i was i got this assignment it's like prime assignment it's like cream of the crop assignment people don't just get this you know Mm -hmm. very often 
but I got it. And all the officers in in my unit that I was stationed at, they're like, oh, you've got to take this. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to go. And so I thought about it, and I was like, wow, I would get to go and travel. I would get to go abroad. I've never been to Europe. In my life, I still never been to Europe. Mm-hmm. Only been to Canada and Mexico. So yeah. <laughs> just a little bit over the border. We went to Canada places. for ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Kurt can tell you about that experience. <laughs> Maybe we'll do podcasts someday about our vacations. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. Our, yeah. Tell about our hour in Canada. Here. I think it took longer to cross than the amount of time we spent there. So, and Mom and I spent a day in Mexico. Yeah. So. Anyway, Europe, though. Anyway, yeah, I, I would have gone to the Netherlands. And I would have been able to get travel and see probably all of Europe. Hmm. And, and, like I said, very prestigious duty. But the problem was, I was like, I'm so close to getting out for good, right? Yeah. And I was like. But I don't really like the army. Why do I want to stay in for two more years? And I really, it was a, it was a tough decision. Hmm. I mean, for a while I was going to go, and then the next day I'd be like, no, I'm not going to go. And then it was like, I'm going to go. And finally I was like, I finally came down to it. I don't really like the army. I want to start my life, hmm. which is going to be something other than the military. So... Why do I want to continue on for two more years? If it would have been a year earlier, yeah, I would have took it. Hmm. If it would have been like a month before I can leave, no way. So, yeah. so that that was a tough decision. And I will say when I left Fort Hood, I made a very, very, um, very uh, uh, conscious decision. It was like, I'm not looking back at my room either. <laughs> I'm moving on. You're just going for it. Oh, uh, so dad, dad ch- chose instead of uh, going off into Europe and being the the cool traveling guy. He he went back home and became a family man instead. <laughs> yeah, then I started my college and I I started my other my other summer jobs that I would. Uh, I don't want to get too far off on this, but I always. When I got out of the military, I said digging ditches would be bigger, better than this. And the first job I got was digging around telephone poles. <laughs> and I did that for like one day. I was like, this the military was better than this. It was hard work. It was, like, it was like, this is a horrible job. And then I went from that into working in a meatpacking plant in Grand Island. I was like, this is horrible work too. I was like, I'm going to college and I'm going to get a degree. Yeah. So it was good motivation. So. Huh. But like I, I did hang on to a little bit of military experience, and we've been talk. I've been talking for a long time, but I did spend four years in the National Guard, which helped pay for my college. So. So what do you mean National Guard? Is that just you had to show up for some things, or like what was that? Uh, well, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, well, you know, kind of one of the questions you asked earlier about deployment. You yeah. know, did I ever deploy? See. 
okay, so you could be in the National Guard and you could still get deployed like regular army. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously, you know, what's happened with Desert Storm and, and all. So we had lots of National Guard that all got deployed during that time hmm. for a long period of time. Um, so, uh, but during my time, again, it was still peacetime. Yeah. So once a month for, I think it was just, yeah, it was Saturday and Sunday. I, I joined the unit in York, Nebraska. Okay. And I think, I don't know, I think you started at eight and you were done by, I don't know, six o'clock that night or so. And the same thing on Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. And then we had um, uh, two weeks, not two, ten, ten days, the two weeks in the summertime mm -hmm. that you had to go do a, a summer camp. So, I know um, for sure at least two years I went to Minnesota, to something called uh, Camp Ripley. And one year when I was in college, I went to um, Colorado, mm -hmm. Fort Carson, which was a really... All, all those experiences were actually pretty good pretty good experiences so hmm. so and then once I once I uh, finally graduated from college um, I think I still had a few months left for my commitment but I think there was something about um, if your job is preventing you from being in the National Guard you could exit early or uh, okay there was something I, I don't remember and so i think i maybe the last two or three months maybe i didn't finish those drills i mm -hmm. maybe didn't attend didn't wasn't considered like a wall like in trouble yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah so hmm. anyway that's about all i got to say on that <laughs> well i mean We'll have to talk some other time about other stuff because, you know, you, you, you've been around a little longer than I have and you've done a lot more than me. So, yeah. you, you know, uh, there's all sorts of all sorts of crazy stories uh, of just life, life with the Baileys and all <laughs> sorts of stuff we could do some other time. But... Um, I had a couple other things I thought about. I think I just I'll have two things to finish. Okay. So, um, I'll see what I can do here. <laughs> what is one lesson that you learned during your time in the army, and like that you still like think about today? Or yeah, that's that's a great question. It actually brings up another little story there. Um. When I was on that Air Force base, a couple of lessons learned there. Like, mm -hmm. like I flunked out of school, so I realized, you know what? I, I need to step it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I need to take pride and do quality work and, 
and uh, take pride in what I do. You know, mm-hmm. I actually put effort into it. There's a there's another incident that occurred there that we had just the army people. We had an inspection, mm-hmm. right? And it was it really should have been a piece of cake. All you do is you know basically shine your shoes, make sure you're you have these insignia that you wear in your uniform. It was they're brass. You just take a little can of something called Brasso with a cotton swab, and mm-hmm. you clean it. You make sure it's clean, it's shiny, and you make sure your hair is cut, and you've shaved, and your uniform's pressed, mm-hmm. and you have this inspection, right? And they come down the line, look at you, and and the, it's pretty much a formality. Everybody's gonna pass, right? Yeah. They come to me, and like, I was looking bad. <laughs> no. It's like. Uh, right now, Bailey. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, oh, I failed. And I don't know. They talked to me afterwards, and they just basically told me step it up. You know, yeah. I don't know if I had to get reinspected or not, but it was like after that, I I really did start to change. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's like, no, you you need to. If somebody asks you to do something, you be prepared for it, and when I finally got to that duty, that final place, that place I, in Fort Hood where yeah. I spent over two years, I, I had decided I'm going to take pride in the job that I do. Mm-hmm. And so I stepped it up and they, the officers and the non-commissioned officers could see something different in me. Mm-hmm. And they told me about it even. And I got promoted to PFC like in like in fifteen months, which is really early. Hmm. I mean, I got an early promotion, and then like just a few months later, I got promoted to Spec Four, which is the next level, which is as high as I could go in the first three years. Okay, I couldn't make the next level up, but I got promoted again, and. I, and I actually kind of got to be friends with some of the officers because it was like, I think they could see the fact that I could, this guy has potential to go somewhere. Like, you, when you get out of here, you go to college. You make sure you go to college. You mm-hmm. can do something. So, and I think that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, when you how you treat other people too. If you can instill some confidence in people, mm-hmm. I think that goes a long ways too. I mean, see, try to see the good in someone and try to bring out the positive qualities. And when, when you, and I'm not saying flattery, I'm just yeah. saying when you really see it, tell somebody about it. Yeah. So, I mean that, cause I was the kind of person that maybe probably a little self-conscious didn't have a, 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 a big, uh, you know, confidence in myself. Hmm. And they kind of brought that out of me. So I was like, oh, maybe I could do something. That's really interesting. Yeah. So basically just having those people to actually, you know, push you and then realizing that, hey, there is some value here. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Now you can, you know, apply that to other people, I guess, too. Yeah. And then, like I said, just, just, just being prepared, you know, yeah. like when they, and it's like, 
and also when you do a job, don't do it halfway. Do it, do it the best that you can do. And so, like, you know how I was telling you earlier, like, I could see how these people could spit shine boots way back in basic mm-hmm. training. Well, I eventually learned a technique using a a uh, a cotton ball and some water and black shoe polish and a lighter. Yeah. Where I could make make it maybe even better looking than what they were doing with just water mm-hmm. and the shoe polish. And actually, we had to get inspected sometimes uh, when I was at Fort Hood, Texas, you know, that, that final place. I had some people, uh, when you come up for guard duty, you had to get inspected. There's like four or five guys. Mm-hmm. I had I had one guy in particular. He's like, hey, man, can I borrow your boots? <laughs> he's like, he's always borrowing my boots because he was like, I can win if I have the boots. Because <laughs> they like look good. So. Yeah. Huh. That's really I don't know if we ever, did, in all of that, did we ever say like, what, 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 what did I do for a job? Yeah, exactly. I was well, like, I was a supply clerk. you were a supply clerk, but what did, what did yeah, that even that's mean? That's a good point. It's, it's just really, you know, I'm sure what a lot of people hear, it's kind of funny because you're a supply clerk and I'm comparing myself to Mass. So I was like, people are thinking I'm Radar O'Reilly, right? <laughs> it's like, no, I wasn't Radar O'Reilly. But, uh, so it was just, I had just various duties. It was, Believe it or not, they had something called linen exchange okay. where you every week you could come in and and you bring in your sheets off your bed and your pillowcase and you drop it off in the morning and you get a brand new clean one. Okay. And so I was like, okay, what is what do you do with all this dirty linens, right? Yeah. So you just roll it all up like a big carpet roll, right? You throw it in a truck and you take it over to the base laundry and you drop it off, right? But there's all this counting process. So how many sheets did you turn in? I don't know. We have to count them all. One, two, they have to count them. There's 300 sheets, 300, 150 pillowcases, you know, and all and then, you know, uh, a week later, you know, or a few days later, you go back over there to the other side and you pick up the clean stuff, right? Yeah. And then you got to count it all again. And I was responsible for all this too because I was like, if they come up short, you got to pay for it. Right? Yeah. I had to personally pay for it because I was responsible for it. So that was one of the things I had to do. And the other thing, too, was, oh, so I had this stuff locked up in a cabinet, right, with a padlock? Yeah. It was like I went home. I didn't even get into this part. A couple of times I got to come home for extended period of times because I got something called recruiting duty. Oh, yeah. You went to go. Yeah, so I got to come home, and that was really great. I didn't recruit anybody, but I got got a bunch of names, but I did get to come home, which was really nice. But. When I got back off of recruiting duty, someone had literally broke into my cabinet to try to steal sheets. I was like, who tries to steal sheets? <laughs> it was like, well, what's so vile? It's not like they're gold or anything. But so when I finally was getting ready to leave, they had to count all those up. And we were short 
on sheets and pillowcases like 20, 30. I don't know. I don't uh-huh. know how I'm like, I'm sweating it. I'm just like, oh, what's this going to cost me? Is it my last paycheck or what? And, yeah. But like I said, we had this award winning mess hall. Yeah. And somehow they did some trading, some canned food or something. And they somehow they got me sheets and pillowcases. Huh. And it was like, it was like pretty, pretty amazing, you yeah. know? So I was like, that's pretty cool because they actually, like I said, I I got along pretty good with the officers. So they took care of me. So they wanted to help you. Yeah. That's, in fact, yeah. one time I remember I had filled out my income taxes, you know, this is way before TurboTax and all that yeah. stuff. And, and, uh. I can't remember. I, I don't know if it was the Nebraska state tax or the federal tax. I did something wrong. Anyway, I was, I had did something wrong. I was owing money. And then I had mentioned it to one of my officers. He's like, I'll work with you on it. Hmm. And he helped me fill it out. His name was Captain Hudson, Captain Meredith Hudson. Really nice guy. Hmm. Super great guy. And, uh, we got it resubmitted, and it was like, I was okay. <laughs> so it was like, that was great. Someone taking the time to help somebody that needed yeah. help, you know. Huh. So, oh, well, anyway, Lynn Exchange, that was just one of the things. Then all the supplies for, like, the unit, like, I, I literally got, like, this, it was like a credit card thing, and I go to the base supply place, what I don't even mm-hmm. know what it was called. And I'd have this big, long list, a shopping list. I'd go shopping. Right? <laughs> so like, that was your job. <laughs> okay, I need I need five brooms today. I need ten reams of paper. I need uh, all these different pens that people want to write with. Mm-hmm. I need uh, cleaning supplies. Just stuff like that. And then we also took care of, like, I don't know. This barracks were full of furniture. Furniture would be broken. Mm-hmm. And they have to, you had to go through this certain process of writing off stuff, and you have to take it somewhere on the post, and they would do something and say, "Yeah, that's junk. Here, you get a new one now." <laughs> and and then we had stuff to do with tents also because we had all these tents that we took care of, and it was like. You know, these tents had to be cleaned, and if something was wrong with it, you take them, you have to load this big tent up, take it somewhere, and then they'd stretch it all out, look at it. It was like, oh, yeah, that's dry rot. They'd take chalk, circle it, rip it. It's like, yeah, we'll get a new tent here. I don't know. It was just, it was just basically stuff like that. It was, uh, I don't know, I probably had other duties. I can't even remember. It's basically... It's like, it's just the supplies. Hmm. You know, what the stuff they needed to keep them going. I mean, it wasn't like ordering the food. The mess hall took care of yeah. that stuff. So it really wasn't anything like super complicated or whatever. It was mostly no. just like it was, pretty menial. It was, really, it was really simple. Hmm. Uh, there was a bunch of records... Of uni- the uniforms, even, the, mm-hmm. there was stuff like, oh, gear that they had checked out. And I had all these records I had to keep track of. Mm-hmm. 
So, like I was telling you earlier, we always use social security numbers for ID numbers. Yeah. And that was printed on your dog tags, too. But, you know, Nebraska is a 507 and 508. Maybe there's even another number. So if any time there was another one of those numbers or near number like mm-hmm. that, I figured they were either from Nebraska or nearby, which yeah. wasn't hardly anybody like that. But maybe a couple of people. Hmm. But... Um, yeah, shoot, there was something else I was going to say. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty pretty simple, not not difficult at all. And did you like I mean, did you get pretty bored of it or was it you just had time doing other things that it wasn't too bad? Um I don't know that I was really bored. I mean, we had other things that we had to do also. We had it wasn't daily. I think it was three days a week. We had to do physical training. Oh, okay. PT, still... we still had to do that. Okay. Um, in the summertime, I think we did it in the early morning because it was so hot. Mm-hmm. And in the winter, I think we did it in the afternoon. And I will say, you know, I was still a pretty good runner then. And you did this, I don't know, it was almost like this shuffle, this this run it was really slow because y'all had to run in pace mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is so slow it's killing me and so i think i saw somebody do this once and i was like i asked somebody can i do this can i please do this and they're like yeah go ahead so as we were all marching as a group i would i broke out of formation and i ran around <laughs> The formation as it was running down the road. Yeah. Just because I was so bored. It was so slow. So um, some of the officers didn't like that. One time they (laughs) said, get back. Don't don't do that. I was like, oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. that. that. Uh, One of the things I didn't like either, you know, like I was saying, oh, you know, Texas is going to be nice and warm in the wintertime. Texas is not necessarily nice and warm in the wintertime. <laughs> there are some cold days in Texas. Huh. And uh, we worked out of these old, probably World War II buildings where where we did our supply stuff at. Like I said, my barracks was nice and the mess hall was nice, but where we worked at was not nice. And... Uh, uh, they didn't have much for heat there, and man, I was just freezing to death down there. I, I hated that. I did get to learn one other cool experience. I got to drive. They call it a deuce and a half. It's a two and a half ton truck. Okay. So I got to learn how to drive one of those. I was just terrified to drive this thing because it's just huge, right? Yeah. And then, you know, you just get a little more used to it, and then. After a while, it's just like, oh, this is just a piece of cake. <laughs> it's just so easy to drive one of these things. In fact, you know, I was, me, uh, probably shouldn't have been doing this, but sometimes I was like, I can even shift this without hitting the clutch, man. <laughs> so I was like driving it that way a few times, you know, not very much. <laughs> but so when I got out, one of the things, when I was in the National Guards, we had to go to Minnesota a couple of times and we had, Drive a truck. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's a piece of cake, you know. Huh. So 
Got, oh, no. got to learn to drive that, so. It's the first time I think I've ever yawned on the show before. Oh, no. Not because of you. I do have one really kind of sad experience when I was in the Army. Okay. One of my one of my really good friends who was from, literally the guy was from, lived just outside of Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. That's where he was from. Mm-hmm. In fact, he told me when he was in basic training, he used to sneak off the base and go home <laughs> in basic training. It's like you don't just sneak off the base, but I guess if you live just outside the fence, you could probably do that, right? <laughs> but... When the drill sergeants found out he was from there, he was like his best friend because they were trying to ask him to introduce him to girls from the, from the area for dates. <laughs> but the sad thing I was going to say was he came down for levy, levy for Germany, and he was a truck driver. Mm-hmm. But we didn't really have truck drivers per se in my unit, but he was the company commander driver. So he drove him around. Mm. It was a really good job. Anyway, he was a really, really, kind of really great sort of country guy, you know. And anyway, when he got to Germany, he had just got, he got to Germany, been there for a few months, came back, married a girl from the our unit, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine also. She was from California. Anyway, uh, this this guy's name was... Dooley, his last name was Dooley. Elora Dooley. Dooley. Elora was his first name. Dooley. Okay. Anyway, they just got over to Germany, started their life as a married couple, and he, they'd only been there a couple months, and he got killed in a truck driving accident mm-hmm. on the Autobahn. So mm-hmm. that was really, really sad, heart-wrenching. And... Um, so, like I said, he was the driver for the company commander. And, of course, the officers loved the guy, too. So, myself and two of my other friends that were friends of Dooley's, mm-hmm. they let us go to the funeral. They said, don't worry about leave, just go. So, we took off and we drove to um, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Because mm-hmm. we because we could get cheap housing, maybe even free, spend the night there because the funeral was right yeah. next door. So we got to meet his family, and then after the funeral, I I don't know if we came back that day or we spent one more night and then left and came back. But that was that was tough. That was tough mm-hmm. losing him. Yeah. yeah, he was a nice guy. So, do you? Are you still um, in contact with anybody you were, like, friends with? Or yeah, that's a great question. Um, there's a couple of guys that um, I haven't been in contact with for a little while now, but I've seen, once I got out of the military, see, I got out in 81, and there was one of my roommates, he was from Paraguay, and he lived in Hialeah, Florida. And uh, I worked for a company called Pfizer. And we had a, a manufacturing plant in Miami. And I got to, got to fly there mm-hmm. for some project I was on for like a week. 
And I was like, this guy's name is George Gonzalez, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so how many George Gonzalez's could there possibly be in Miami, right? <laughs> it's like probably hundreds, if not thousands, right? Yeah. It's like, how am I going to find George? So I knew it was highly, uh, that kind of narrowed it down a little bit. But I used to work for another company in Lincoln called Metro Mail, and they had this huge database of basically everybody in the United States. So I called a friend up <laughs> for a favor. I was like, could you look up for a George Gonzalez and find me some phone numbers? Okay. And she did. And I think I called a few, and I think it was maybe my within the first three, Yeah. I hit George. I got him. I was like, Bailey, you know, he's like, oh, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm coming to Miami, we should get together, and and this was like in 96, I think, because my mom had just passed. Okay. So, um, it's been like 15 years since I've seen him, so I got to see George, and then for a few years, we kind of kept up on Christmas cards and Mm -hmm. stuff, Uh, so that was one, and then I had another roommate. Um, his name was Terry Calabrusco. He was an Italian guy. <laughs> anyway, well, he's American, but Italian yeah, yeah, yeah. descent. But he was from Wisconsin, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Is where he was from. Okay. And he got. I can't remember how we ended up getting together, but he had a couple of job assignments in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I I saw him on a couple of his trips. So I can't remember. He, I don't know. I, maybe somehow he got a hold of me. I don't remember how that one came together. So I got to see him, and we kind of kept up with Christmas cards for a while and stuff. But hmm. um, yeah, it's probably been a good 20-plus years since I've really done anything with those guys so yeah uh i i will say that recently is another sad thing too so on that air force base i um i had a roommate for a while uh got to be pretty good friends with this guy and he met a gal there on the air force base and they got married, and I was his best man at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a little suspicious about this guy when I first met him. Like, I thought perhaps that, and I'm not trying to be stereotyp- stereotypical here, yeah. but um, just something about him. I thought, this guy might possibly seem like someone that might be gay. Yeah. Right? So... Um, I did try to do some research about a year or so ago. I wanted to find him and his wife, and I did find him, but the sad news was I found out that both him and his wife are dead now. They both passed away. Oh, really? Um, I couldn't find much information about him except for he, only, he died when he was 37. Hmm. So he'd been gone for 23 years now, and his wife passed about 10 years ago of cancer Hmm. and I got a little brave on Facebook um, this spring 
when COVID hit. Yeah. And I figured out that for a while he lived in the uh, Topeka, Kansas area, or his wife did at least. Found out he had some kids, and I just took a wild shot that these were probably his kids on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I, I messaged like three or four of his kids, because he had four kids, and one of them responded almost right away. Hmm. It was one of his daughters. And then I found out some more information that, yeah, that that that's that was them, you know, and and that they were both gone now, and his dad divorced his mom because he was gay, hmm. and he died of AIDS in California, hmm. and that's that's was kind of my big fear that. How does somebody die at age 37 yeah, unless it's an accident or some severe some disease? So it was just heartbreaking to me because we were roommates and, and just a horrible way to go, you mm. know. So, and then his wife, Kathy, um, you know, I would have loved to talk to her yeah. too, but she's gone. So all I got to do was... Um, you know, talked to one of his kids online hmm. for a few minutes, and it sounds like sounds like as a dad, he really was never around, and hmm. it sounded like it just just sounded like a really bad whole situation. Hmm. Uh, I talked to them after I got out of the military. They were stationed in Hawaii. And they called me from Hawaii one time in Stromsburg. And that was neat. I got to talk to them for like half hour or something. And so they sounded really happy and excited. And so, but wow, sometimes things just don't turn out how you think they're going to yeah. turn out. And sometimes when you go searching for things on the internet, sometimes you you may not find the things that you're hoping to find. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then when you find things you're not hoping to find you might even find deeper darker secrets that you didn't want to know yeah. about so it just gets even that was really kind of rough for me this spring when i found that out so mm. it just it just really bothered me so mm. so yeah life life can take some very interesting turns and yeah but i i do wish that i i there's a few other guys I wish I could have more contact with. Or, yeah. And, you know, uh, with the internet and Facebook and all that, it's there's. It's probably not that hard for me to try to reach out and probably have a pretty good guess on. So this Daryl Haggard I mentioned, though, I have yeah. tried to find him, and I, yeah, I haven't had much success. Yeah. He so, seems kind of like a fun guy. I... I, I I, I keep little notes, but I, I think I I think I know he's in Mississippi, but I'm not for sure. And hmm. uh, that was another, I think I found out his brother died, which was sad. Hmm. So didn't know him, but sorry yeah. for Daryl. But hmm. no, yeah. What um? If we go much longer, I'm just gonna fall asleep. It's, no, that's okay. We can get it. This is the latest I've ever tried to record before. Um, yeah, that's fine. If you had... 
I think I said two things earlier, but I've got two short things. This is gonna, let's go with that. Okay. Okay. One piece of advice you would give someone who is going to join the military. Go Air Force? Go Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, it really depends on what you want to do. Yeah. But um, it depends on what you're looking for. If you want the rough, tough, you know, like more of the, uh, I don't know, it's the infantry or really the tough mm-hmm. experience, the Marines are tough. Yeah. You know, I, I met some Marines and they told me about their experiences. If that's what you want, then that's good. If you want more of a if you look for me if you're looking for more of a more of a, a professional college almost like experience mm-hmm. uh, Air Force and, and a good and a good uh, way of life I think that you can maintain I think Air Force would be a good way to go I, I can't speak much about the Navy and I don't know anything <laughs> about it don't go if you're seasick <laughs> yeah maybe um okay what uh you, you've told so many stories and i think i've heard oh there there is one other thing about when these recruiters come okay i don't know how it is now but it used to be and they were very explicit with me on this on recruiting duty mm-hmm. it's like you can promise somebody where they'll be stationed at you can promise them the training that they'll get and where that'll take place, and mm-hmm. where they'll go to basic training at, but that's about all you can promise them. Hmm. Okay, but there's a there's a little hidden thing in there, and that little hidden thing is just because you train in something, doesn't mean you're going to necessarily do that job. Oh, okay. And the unit I worked in, we had a lot of people that were medics. Okay, well we were an army field hospital that was not deployed and rarely was out in the field. We weren't this spotless brick and mortar building that they Mm -hmm. were hoping to be in. So a lot of these people that were medics, all they did all day long was clean tents, clean stoves, inventory, Uh, medical supplies. And if you were top notch, you got rotated into I think it was called the Darnell Army Hospital on on base where you did get to do your job. Hmm. But if you were bottom of the barrel, if you were subpar, there was no way you were ever getting in a rotation to get over to that real hospital. But hmm. the recruiters told me that too. Do not promise them any more than that. And I could verify that firsthand because I saw it happen. Huh. That people did not get to do their job. Now, maybe it's different today. I don't know. Okay, so there's some, you know, if you're looking to go into the military, there's a little bit of advice from Mr. Dan Bailey there. <laughs> um, anyway, what I was going to say is you've told a lot of stories, and I I think I've heard probably, I want to say I heard probably 70% of it before. Oh, okay. Maybe not quite that much. I'll say 60%. <laughs> but, go with 59. Uh, <laughs> so 50, 59 and a half. Um. It was really good. Uh, I'm glad that you decided to to talk about it all. It was fun doing it. Um, you finished with some harder stories, which, you know, 
life is hard and stuff but uh do you have one more funny story that you'd like to share one more funny story? or just even just like a funny moment you know just anything like that oh man a funny moment or just any moment you know uh, do, what, do what you feel I, this is your last last chance for another story um wow oh <laughs> um that would i have another story it'd be hard to describe without showing some visuals so, <laughs> uh, it's kind of it's kind of goes down in my most embarrassing moments it wasn't okay really, really wasn't the it really wasn't uh the anything to do with the military other than it was took place on the military base i was over and i went over to the post exchange which is like it's essentially like walmart on okay. in the military right it's like i was so i would often like a lot of other gis like spend time looking at stereo equipment and records and things like that so anyway one day i was over there looking at a bunch of equipment and I bent over to look at some stereos and I think I had my hands on behind me or something. Mm -hmm. And then when I bent over, there was a lady standing behind me that I didn't know was there. I must have touched her. And she turned around and was like, I was about ready to slap you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I was just bending over. I didn't didn't mean to touch you. Oh. So that was kind of, that's one of my most embarrassing moments of my life. So it was like, be careful where you're at when you're you're bending over, I guess. So um, one other kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like, I could laugh about it now. It wasn't so funny at the time. But uh, one of my trips when I was driving back to Texas, I, um, I had my... I had my 74 Nova and I was driving there and uh, I had gone through Oklahoma City. I was in the middle of going through Oklahoma City. I was almost all the way through Oklahoma City, which if anybody's ever driven in Oklahoma City, it is a big city. It's not so much population, but it's just spread out Mm -hmm. and long. And you know, this is way before anybody had cell phones and GPS and all the Google Maps. And so you learned how to read a map and you, you watch your road signs. Mm. I was almost all the way through it. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have made that turn. <laughs> and next thing I know, I'm on this giant loop. I'm basically going all the way around the whole city again. And... My car is cutting out like it needed a tune-up really bad. And I'm trying to get back on the highway. And I'm like flooring it. And it's going... <laughs> and finally it's... <laughs> and it took off. And it, it got me back on. So anyway, after that long half-hour delay, I was like, oh, I'm back going the right direction again. So, All right. So, yeah. There's probably some other funny ones in there somewhere, but... We we can call it good. My friend George, <laughs> my my roommate George, that was from Paraguay. He was a, he was a funny guy. He always yeah. liked to. It was a very kind of a strange situation. I can I still couldn't figure out why he joined the military. Hmm. He was thirty years old. He was married. He lived in Hialeah, Florida. 
And I was like, why did you join the army, George? He's like, oh, I wanted to learn English better. You know, I was like, well, couldn't you have done that there? Well, I joined the military. And was like, but he, he kind of had broken English, but he was a very smart guy. And I'll throw in this one plug for him real quick okay. because, you know, like I said, I became a computer programmer eventually. Yeah. Anyway, I got, I, I chose to become a computer programmer for two reasons. One, I looked through the whole college catalog and crossed everything off, and I didn't. I crossed basically everything off as I hate it, hate it, hate it. computer programming. I don't know about it. Might try that. <laughs> and George was taking computer programming. He was studying it. He said his wife was a computer programmer, and it was a good, good job. Hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'll try this. George liked it. His wife does it, and I'll give it a try. 40 years later. <laughs> and I, and I really did like it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, literally 40 years ago, I got out in 81. It's 2021 yeah. 20, now. So. Wow. Well, Dad, nice job. I think you I think you did a good job. Well, you, you you said you were nervous, I but probably, I think you did all right. I probably sunburnt my tongue. It was probably talking so much. I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'm just glad you opened up and had stuff to share. So yeah. it was fun. All right. Well, uh, I don't know if it's very interesting, but I guess uh, it's something. I so thought it was It's fun. my experience. Anyway. <laughs> it was good. And it's all true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, well, we'll have you on some other time. Maybe. I don't know. We'll, right. we'll, see. we'll see where the ratings go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, maybe if the Rotten Tomato rating is down <laughs> under 50, it's way not making it. <laughs> Anyway, this has been all right. Uh, all right, thank you, Kurt. It's been audio stew, and uh, <laughs> don't don't drive a pinto. <laughs> <laughs> We're a bobcat. <laughs> We're a bobcat. All right, thanks, Ned. Wow, uh, <laughs> what a way to kick off the new year! Woo. Uh, my dad was—he was definitely a little hesitant um, about being on the show when we like when I first asked him about it because um, he just hadn't done anything like it before, never been interviewed or basically it was just kind of new to him. Um, but I really, you know, but he did a great job. Honestly, not going to lie, I think he did a better job than I did because I'm pretty sure this this was like the latest I've ever tried to record before. Um, I think we got done sometime around like 1130 at night and I was like, definitely starting to crash near the end I was I was about to to pass out which is hard because you like when you have a conversation it's like good you want it to keep going but at the same time you're falling asleep so it's like the longer you go the more and more disengaged you're going to wind up being so had to call it quits eventually but I you know despite all that I did really enjoy this conversation um I have a ton of respect for my dad, and his memory just just blows my mind. Um, and so I hope you enjoyed it, too, and are excited for the next episode, which is coming soon. Um, if you are excited, then why don't you leave a rating or a review of the show? It helps out new listeners and lets me know why you appreciate all these conversations. So thank you all. Check back in a couple weeks. Um, from now to hear episode number two, um, it's, it's going to be a good one. So with all that, I hope you have a wonderful day.